0: Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of the Robin Report, which, by the way, is much more than just a daily report. It's really a knowledge platform uh, from which we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics uh, through, yes, the daily reports, but also these podcasts, webinars, and live events. So Along with our chief strategist, Shelly Cohan, who is a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, by the way, we welcome uh, you to our weekly podcast, the topic of which is Generative Artificial Intelligence. So Shelley, it, 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 it wasn't that long ago when, when I was writing, and, and we included in our podcast, that the sky was a limit for venture capitalists, right? who were fire, fire hosing money to any tech startup that came along that could you know, project ridiculous top-line growth. God knows how they were selling these investors. Of course, those VCs, uh, venture capitalists, knew nothing about the startup models. And they knew, and this is what's important, they knew nine out of 10 would flame out. But the gamblers that they are, uh, they would justify the risk by betting that one out of the 10 might be the next Amazon. And that uh, casino mentality went on creating a lot of so-called unicorns, as you well know, until it didn't. (laughs) Just a few years ago, the investors waked up to the fact that the casino, so to speak, was making more money than they were off of their huge investments. And they quickly switched to focusing more on bottom line growth than top line sales growth. Of course, uh, you know, you and I said, finally, this is a good thing, Right. Um, right? So one kind of hysterical side effect is that ping pong table sales plummeted. Just a, just a metaphor. But, but, but that's a, you know, that's these young kids going out there and acting like nut jobs. You know, I want another ping pong table, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, they weren't working, they're were playing ping pong. Anyway, it appeared that the tech tsunami would recede a bit to a more normal risk/slash reward balance. Normal return on investment decisions may be ushering in a new era of financial common sense. Well, adios to that concept. If you don't know Spanish, it means goodbye. Um, All of a sudden, there is a new new money train uh, speeding down the tracks. And it's being generated by, no pun intended, generative artificial intelligence. In short, an AI-powered tool, kind of like a chatbot, but not really, um, that upon request from people, it generates text images and sounds in response to the person's request. It answers questions in clear, concise prose. You know, there was a major article in this, uh, Shelley, in the New York Times uh, just a week ago, which I know you read. Open AI, a San Francisco artificial intelligence lab Released Chat GPT. And this is, a, yes, a chat but that immediately caused a sensation, according to the New York, New York Times, with more than a million people using it to create everything from uh, poetry to high school term papers to uh, rewrites of Queen's songs. Now, OpenAI is in the middle of a gold rush, right?
1: Yeah, it's really super fascinating. Robin, OpenAI OpenAI Lab has been working for the past seven years to perfect what Sequoia Capital wrote as the potential to generate trillions of dollars in economic value. And what an investor at Insight Partners said Quote, there is definitely an element to this that feels like the early launch of the internet.
0: Big challenge. So,
1: even though there's been companies that have really been working on generative AI for years, Google, Meta, as well as a many, many ambitious startups like OpenAI, but the technology technology really didn't capture the public's attention until last spring. When OpenAI unveiled a system called DALI that was released yep. in January of 2021. So that let people generate photorealistic images simply by describing what they wanted to see. And then DALI 2 was introduced earlier last year in January of 2022 with increased capabilities and even deeper comprehension. So, Robin, this an- the example I'm going to mention will blow your mind, <laughs> uh, but I think it does give our listeners a specific description of what can be done with this chatbot. So, Open Dolly generated an image following a command for a giant hamster blimp carrying passengers. So, we, while we don't have the image to show, the New York Times had a beautiful, colorful image of this of a sweet-looking blimp. <laughs> with the hamster's head, a cute face, and flying in a beautiful sky, and under the blimp hung a gondola full of happy people.
0: Wow. And yeah. It's
1: crazy, right? Yep. So, with Dolly 2 and its capabilities, we can replace the hamster with a cat or an elephant or a motorcycle, and Dolly 2 can better relate things. Like an example that Open um, AI used would be. Creating words like if you said "monkey paying taxes funny hat," the image that's created would show a monkey look like it's paying its taxes in front of a computer uh, <laughs> with a funny hat. So yeah. that, it can relate things, which is you know, inter- super interesting.
0: Incredible, yeah, and and of course, uh, the money starts free flowing right all of a sudden, and open and open AI is. Uh, completing a deal that would value it at around $29 billion, more than twice its valuation in 2021. Um, and, And the funding money this time around will laser target generative artificial intelligence, which, by the way, experts say represents a more powerful and more mature breed of AI. It really promises to Uh, reinvent everything, Shelley, from online search engines, uh, like Google, uh, to photo and graphics editors, like uh, Photoshop, to digital assistants, like Alexa and Siri. So there you go. Well,
1: guess what, Robin, rumor on the street is that Microsoft has been to invest 10 billion in open AI. Um, Like you mentioned, they recently uh, released chat GPT, mm-hmm. uh, software that has people in AI worlds just going crazy. So yeah. Microsoft's infusion would be part of a very complicated deal in which the company would get 75% of open AI's profit until it recoups its investment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then, after that mm-hmm. threshold is reached, it would revert to a structure that reflects ownership of open API with Microsoft having 49% stake. Other investors taking another 49%. here's the important thing, Robin, OpenAPI's nonprofit parent getting 2%. So I I don't know, Robin, if you know this, but um, so OpenAA actually started as a not-for-profit back in 2015 when it was founded. And the mission as stated by the company is, you know, to ensure that artificial intelligence Um, and artificial general intelligence benefits all of humanity. So they're creating this open system for all to use in positive ways. That's their goal. But then in 2019, they went from a not-for-profit to for-profit because of how expensive it is to work on AI capabilities. And guess who, Robin? Robin help pour in a billion dollars of donations into OpenAI?
0: Well, first of all, let's comment on what OpenAI is trying to do. I mean, altruism is one thing, capitalism is another. And these young startups, they all are very altruistic. I don't think they understand money at all, witness. They're losing on the bottom line, the top line every quarter. Many of them are going out of business. So I start with that. and then <laughs> who poured a billion dollars in donations it has to be elon musk okay for sure of
1: course
0: yeah he was on the board of open ai for a few years but there there again you've got a you've got a capitalist running rampant he is a nut job i mean i this guy he he's destroying a, a you know twitter and god knows where where um, his his electric vehicles, what's the name of the damn thing again? Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. <laughs> Listen, uh, I have said this before, and I think we said it on the podcast that you know, Ford, General Motors, BMW, all of the major automobile brands, they watched this guy from day one, starting years ago, and they said, you know what, uh, this is going to happen. But 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 why why should we jump in and take the risk? Let's just watch this nut job, Elon Musk, and go through years and billions of dollars, dollars trying to learn from his mistakes. Well, for general motors, BMW learned from Elon's mistakes. And guess who is now going to own that space in a short period of time? The old brands. And Musk doesn't even realize that. Anyway, I, I, I digress. But believe you me, that's what's going to happen. Anyway, so according to experts, uh, ultimately, uh, this, uh, this open AI concept and generator uh, could provide a new way of interacting with almost any software. You know, Letting people chat with computers and other devices as if they were chatting with another person. So, Shelley, I think back to that movie in 1968, 2001, A Space Odyssey, and I'm sure you saw it. Right. Yeah. And the central casting of a computer named HAL. Long story short, HAL embedded in the spaceship um, that the astronaut was traveling in, and HAL diabolically takes over the ship and then has a conversation with the astronaut named Dave, and more or less expresses his anger about Dave's intentions to disconnect him, meaning Hal. And Hal explains that he's not going to allow Dave to re-enter the spaceship, which of course dooms Dave, Dave to a sure death in space. Anyway, Shelley, of course, we aren't there yet. But in my opinion, I I suppose that kind of conversation will be possible in the not too distant future. But Shelley, it also tells us that there are huge downsides to this technology. We know there are a lot of dangerous and nefarious people out there who are probably already counting the ways in which they can use generative, generative AI to spread misinformation or how they can profit from criminal ideas. And unfortunately, we know it will happen, Shelley. Good and evil live together on this planet. Google, Meta, and other tech giants have been reluctant to release generative technologies to the wider public because these systems often produce toxic content, including mis- misinformation, hate speech, and images that are biased against uh, women and people of color and so on and so forth. So Shelly, okay, closer to home. Um, Knowing the technology still being perfected down the road, can you imagine some great usage of generative AI for retailers?
1: Well, Robin, as OpenAI broke through with DALI E2 and these crisp images of the hamster that inspired all these entrepreneurs to really dive in with new ideas, um, investors making sweep, sweeping proclamations of disruption in the industry. Um, their enthusiasm reached new heights in December after OpenAI released that chat GPT, right. with fans really seizing on the technology to generate love letters and business plans and, you know, school papers, uh, which you had mentioned earlier. And I guess love letters for individuals looks to be like an easy option. But more serious might be plans for retailers and business of all kinds. So you can do business plans on it. Maybe that's a positive. I think it maybe replace current inventory optimization tools. I mean, we've had such
0: trying
1: to get our hands and head around, you know, inventory optimization. So that might be an excellent use case, or at least answer a retailer's questions about what would be the next step across many categories to most efficiently shed excess stock and where to shed it. And I was chatting with my go-to for all things cutting edge technology person. So whenever cutting edge technology comes out, I give George Shaw a call. You know him, Robin. Yep. He's the yep. CEO of Path or AI, which they specialize in spatial intelligence. And we talked about some of the use cases for generative AI for the retail industry. And on the front side facing part of retail, I believe generative AI could quickly be a tool for like store stylists. So in every store, the consumer goes to the bot and the stylist could really provide specific items the consumer should shop for down to more detail than what stylists are able to provide on their own. And even online, it has a huge advantage because the AI would know what is actually in stock at another store. So there's really yeah. no guessing here. Our inventory systems don't always give us and provide us the best information. And as many retailers, they're already using chat bots to handle a considerable percent of customer inquiries that are repetitive in nature, which can obviously be automated. You know, Robin, these started with, you know, Back many years, what's my account balance? Yeah. But now these have really progressed into where's my order? There's a missing item shipping, late delivery, wrong style shipped, et cetera. So these are, you know, about a third of inquiries are these, you know, inquiries that are repetitive in nature. So those are being handled by the chat box um, right now, today. But generative AI could actually handle more of these non-repetitive inquiries and help address the other 70% of complex customer inquiries. Mm. So for example, Robin, not to bring this up again, but when I was shopping for a dressy dress last year, I had a miserable experience. (laughs) It would have been great to say, I'm looking for a black sequence dress with a V-neck, lace sleeves, and poof, four dress images are shown to me in my size, where they're located, how much they cost, all of this together. Yeah. no, you know, you would think this is available today, but based on my experience and many others that I have heard from, it, this, this level of expectation from the customer is very high and it doesn't exist in retail today. We think it does, but it really doesn't. And then you have another use case, Robin. So think in terms of designing products. Creators could say to Dally, too. Viva magenta, which is Pantone's color of the year for 2023. Um, Lace.
0: Well, I learned something. (laughs) Go ahead.
1: Viva magenta dress, lace, spaghetti straps, mid-calf, uneven hem, soft-flowing fabric. The image is created. It's beautiful Viva magenta dress. But Robin, who owns that design now? Does the copyright belong to the designer? Does it belong to the you know, generative AI computer that, you know, uh, helped to create that design. So there's a lot of uh, copyright and design piracy implications that we haven't even addressed. And it, it goes back to similar to who owns that student paper. If AI wrote the paper, not the student, is that plagiarism? You know, schools haven't even addressed this and neither has the industry in terms of these design, you know, conflicts. So I know recently, like a day or two ago, the New York City Department of Education has banned chat GPT on all school devices due to concerns about plagiarism. And I believe anti-plagiarism tools that we currently use in education will eventually catch up to this. But you you mentioned some of the pitfalls earlier, Robin, with open access, generative AI, meaning everyone has access to it. And I hate to tell you, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's happening already. Yeah, so, Hackers are using chat GPT to write malware. They're creating data encryption tools. They're asking it to write codes. So cyber criminals are using generative AI to build better hacking tools <laughs> breakthrough through systems. So this, obviously this type of technology is a huge concern for cybersecurity. The techniques needed to build generative AI are widely known, freely available through academic research papers, open source software, and Google Open AI have an advantage because they have access to these deep pockets, raw computer power, which are the building blocks for this technology. So all of this has not stopped the gold rush of young entrepreneurs now wanting to enter the game. Get this, Robin. More than 450 startups are now working on generative AI in the last few months.
0: Doesn't surprise me at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, Capital, uh, one venture capital firms uh, counted them up. Um, And the frenzy on all these startups is just compounding every single day. And investors are very eager to find the next big thing in what is a gloomy environment.
0: Well, I just had a black picture come in front of my head. Are we going to end up with a, a planet of uh, human species who are just plain fat, dumb, and lazy, and do not have to do anything? Think What's about so- it. I have. Think about it. Which is frightening. Um, it's OK. Yeah, I'm going going a little off the rails here, but I'll tell you, I think that is one of the big downsides of technology that uh, you know people don't need to move off their barca of lounger to do anything. So, <clears throat> anyway, you know, a lot of people worry about the hype around this, you know, generative AI, and I think it's gotten ahead of reality. Um, The technology has raised thorny ethical questions, certainly, around how generative AI may affect copyrights, which I think we briefly covered, and whether the companies need to get permission uh, to use the data that trains their algorithms. Um, others, Others believe big tech companies such as Google will quickly trounce the young upstarts and that some of the new companies have little competitive advantage. Advantage, I would say. Yeah, I'd go along with that. That's another example. You know, I talked about the big automobile brands and how they're just waiting to pounce. And uh, so you got this in all the entrepreneurial breakthroughs, uh, the um, startups. What the? And that's why. That's why Jeff Bezos says we've got on day one. He said we have to get big fast because he knew the competition was coming right under him. So and that also is another, another story. Anyway, um, I guess now that the breakthrough has occurred and all the entrepreneurial techies see the future and the billion and billions of dollars to dive into with their own versions and models, many top researchers from Google, OpenAI and other leading AI labs have struck out on their own in recent months, leading uh, months to to found their own new startups in the field. Uh, These startups have received some of the largest funding rounds with the excitement surrounding ChatGPT and DALI, prompting venture capital firm to invest in even more young companies. And of course, I say, let the fire hosing begin. You know, uh, Michael Dempsey, an investor at the venture firm Compound, said the tech downturn, which last year included a crypto crash, poor performing stocks and layoffs at many companies, created a lull among investors. Then, of course, everyone got excited about AI. He said people need need something to tell their investors or themselves honestly that there is a next big thing uh, to be excited about.
1: Yeah, and here's another twist that will play into all the growing numbers of new competitors. One of the new arrivals was Stability AI and October. Right. Um, they helped fund an open source software project that quickly built image generating technology that operated much like Dolly E. But the difference was that while OpenAI had only shared DALI-E with a small number of testers, Stability's AI open source version, um, the stable diffusion could be used by anyone. So people quickly used the tool to create photo realistic images of everything from a medieval knight crying in the rain to Disneyland painted by Van Gogh. I mean, this is all very exciting, Robin, but guess yep. what else? You know, anecdotally, there's reason to believe that Funding rounds for these chatbots may not have been so deep or frequent. Eugenia Kunda, she's the founder and CEO of chatbot startup Replica, said in an interview that she was contacted by every VC firm in Silicon Valley. So more than 30 firms reached out to her because they wanted to give her more money. She yeah, took the calls, but then decided that she doesn't want more funding because her company which was founded back in 2014 is already profitable and it's funny robin here's what she said i feel like the person who was a week early arriving at the airport for a flight and now the flight is boarding
0: <laughs> there you go and we've <laughs> said that you, know, I've said like that.
1: you and i said you know ahead we... of our time slot on strategy creation yeah, yeah.
0: you know i mean it's like i think i'm first with getting the small store strategy out there so people can understand it, but way ahead of time. I mean, it's going to take a few years for people to look back and say, huh, that small store strategy, they populate the country now. Anyway, that's uh, going off the rails a little bit too. And here's another example, uh, Shelly, Sharif Shamim, Shamim, an entrepreneur who built a uh, searchable database for images created by stable diffusion in august called lexica said his tool rapidly hit 1 million users a <laughs> sign he should shift from his existing startup to fo- focusing on lexica within a few weeks he raised five million dollars in funding for the project unbelievable i keep i keep thinking that as directly touched as we are across all the new technology, and I see teenagers, kids into their 20s, making billions of dollars almost overnight. I say, say, please drag me out of the old world and place me with a new mentality into the new. Yeah, good luck on that.
1: (laughs) Well, there's certainly a lot of great use cases for generative AI, and it's great. Everyone's all excited by it. Um, But how we handle the technology and the behaviors that we exhibit over the next few years will really formulate how the technology can truly benefit society as a whole. I mean, honestly, Robin, we're still trying to figure out how all of the intricacies of social media, we still haven't figured that out. And the impact of these sites on people, especially the young, you know, technology can be very powerful in good and dangerous ways. Much of the generative AI scares me, And millions of other people in terms of misuse. So, for example, creating videos of people speaking at events that they never attended or spewing hate speech out that was never actually said by the person.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah, Shelly, you, yeah. That's, you know, like we say, good and evil live together in this country. And the tendency is, I don't know, in many ways, it's a lot easier to, to uh see how the the evils going to come together under new technology faster and easier than um, than the you know new than than um, what am I saying here yeah it will be easier to see and understand how the evil parts are going to be used more so than the positive parts, so we will see how where that goes um but you know there there is a direct analogy i've used before uh to what we are going through in this technology revolution so if you look back way back in the industrial revolution and 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 in the early 1900s uh, john doe who owns a buggy whip business <laughs> is is watching across the street right the first model t ford rolling off the first assembly line you don't think he was saying oh my god bye bye horse and buggy right that's, that's a good analogy
1: it's a great analogy i have a feeling robin this won't be our last podcast on this topic for sure <laughs> for our well, listeners go for our, go our listeners no go ahead
0: <laughs> no i had nothing to say
1: for our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout and the RobinReport.com. Look for us on YouTube where we broadcast our podcast as well. And make sure to follow us on social media. Link in with us for the latest thoughts about the industry.
0: Yeah, and I want to thank you again to all of you. Um, maybe I will see you at the NRF, National Retail Federation, big show conference next week. Um, I just hope COVID isn't lurking around there. Anyway, thanks again for coming and listening to us. And um, um, by the way, if you have any topics that you would like Shelly and I to cover, uh, email me at robin at therobinreport.com. And thank you.